Welcome to the Spanglish Show. I'm your host, Mafe Salazar. In this podcast, I'm walking you through the struggles of being an immigrant and having to live your life in two or more languages. This podcast covers real stories of real people. Thank you so much for tuning in. So let's get started and I hope you enjoy your time with me. Welcome again to another episode of the Spanglish Show. I am your host, Mafe, and on today's episode, I am joined by one of my favorite humans on the internet. Her name is Chelsea Rife. She is a mindset and manifestation coach and podcast host of In My Non-Expert Opinion. And I found Chelsea a while ago through another podcast, and I was instantly obsessed with her and what her perspective on mindset and manifestation was. She makes things super easy and relatable, which is why I became so obsessed with her. I even invested in one of her programs a while ago, and it honestly helped me understand my mindset and how I view things so much. So on this episode, we talk about how she moved from the States to Australia and how after being in Australia for a year, she followed her heart to Germany, um, how Uh, how was adapting to a whole new country and a new language while in strict lockdown, her journey with learning German, how having a language fair almost got her in trouble. That's a very funny story. And what really got her into mindset and manifestation. So let's get right into it. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show, Chelsea Rive. How are you today? Hello, I'm so, so good. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God, I'm so excited to have you. Um, you have been such an inspiration for me and like my business in my life. So it's so, so oh, happy. So like I'm literally like fun girling right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. I loved having you in anything that I do. Like, thank you for, for those kind words. <laughs> Okay, so let's get started. Um, I know that you live in Australia for a year and then you moved to Germany with your boyfriend. So um, how long have you been in Germany for? And let us know like a little bit about your story. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I was in Australia. My visa was almost up and I actually had planned to renew my visa and stay in Australia for like three to four more months. And I ended up getting that visa. So my plan was to extend my trip in Australia ended up meeting my boyfriend and he's German. So he was moving back to Germany for school. And I thought, okay, well, you know, good, good luck. I'll see you never. And then <laughs> we ended up, we kept talking and I was like, okay, well, I've actually always wanted to live in Europe after German, I mean, after Australia anyway. And so he was like, well, why don't we give this a chance? And we're like, okay, let's do it. So came to Germany in, I want to say the end of August, like early September, And then I was here on a Schengen visa, which means like a tourist visa for 90 days. Okay. And then I had to go home for 90 days. So from September until December, I was in Germany, then went home to Florida from January to March, and then came back to Germany. And now I'm here. So in total, it's been like six months, but it's felt like longer just because I've been dating my boyfriend since the whole time. But Yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of different adjustments. And yeah, here I am today. I bet. <laughs> um, you said that it was a lot of like different adjustments. So what has been your biggest struggle when it comes to adapting to a new country, especially a country um, that you don't speak the language? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, 
not only that, but we're we're still in lockdown. Like they just lifted the restrictions, I think okay. last week, and it was barely a lift. It was like, now you can go in stores with masks on. So yeah. every, it feels like the world is open. And I mean, when I was in Florida, the world was open. Like everything's open, restaurants are open, bars are open. So to come back to a country that was in lockdown and such a serious lockdown, like the only thing you could really do was go to the grocery store or walk outside that was really hard on top of working from home. So it just has felt to be quite honest, the last like three months, I have felt like totally trapped because I'm like, I can't explore. We can't travel. I don't have a visa to travel yet. And like you said, I don't know the language. And then um, I'm actually in a part of Germany where they don't really speak English. Like we're not in Berlin or Hamburg or anything like that. We're in a small like German village town almost. <laughs> and so I feel I was telling my boyfriend this, I was like, sometimes I feel like a baby because I need him to go do things. Like I need him to go to the post office or help me make a return or even like get my nails done. I was like, I don't know how to ask for what I want. Like, <laughs> can you just come with me? And I'm learning, I've been learning the language. Like I've been taking German lessons, but it's a hard language. So I would say the, the biggest adjustment is obviously the language. And then the fact that we're in lockdown. So it's just hard to make friends. So I don't really feel like I have like a community here. And then on top of that, working from home. So it's like, I never really leave the house. Oh my God. That's so fair. <laughs> I bet. Ooh. Yeah. Like definitely moving to a country like during lockdown can be like challenging because like you can only like spend time with like so many people right and yeah <laughs> like um, there's nothing to do <laughs> yeah like you can like you can just like spend time with your partner and like you don't really have to like you don't really get to um interact with other people which like makes it like obviously like extra hard <laughs> yes but you have trips to the grocery store and stuff and yeah and big trips to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> luckily we're by the water that I will say that like oh, if we weren't by the water I actually think this whole experience would be way harder because I love the water like I have a wave tattoo I grew up by the beach that's why I loved Australia so being by the water helps so I can go on like daily walks by the water when it's summer hopefully we can go swimming we actually went like sailing the other weekend so I was like that really is oh, the same that looks so beautiful <laughs> yeah like have you had like any languages like mishaps that you like to share or like or I've been like so many <laughs> oh yeah like this language is hard they first of all they they use like parts of their throat and mouth that like we don't use as Americans like like a uh, or like a like the z is an s and then there's there's letters that don't even exist in the American language so I'm like what am I learning? I'm like, what am I saying? Like, there's a letter that looks like an, like a B, but it's an S. I'm like, what? Oh, oh really? <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So that's really, that was really interesting in the beginning. I would, I would read it and be like, oh, like Haiba. And he's like, no, it's Haisa. I'm like, he's like, it's a double S. I'm like, what? So that's been really funny. <laughs> Why can't you just and put then, two S's? <laughs> right. I'm like, huh? Oh, it's so confusing. And then, um, whenever I've been learning like the basics, you know, to order and ask for things. So the other day I went to a cafe to order, but I don't know what they say back to me. So I'm like, I hope they just like do the thing, you know, like make the coffee or heat up the croissant, but then they'll ask me like what type of milk or what size or what, you know, do you want it to go? And they say it so fast that I just sit there and freeze. And I'm like, uh, and so then I start using like body language and sign language or, and they have to use body language and sign language. So that's really hard. 
Um, it's kind of funny too, though. And then I remember one time I tried to order in German and I was like, okay, I'm like doing it. I'm ordering in German. And they could just like tell I was American and they just answered in English. And I was like, what? Like, I'm, I'm trying really hard. hard. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Give me some credit. I'm trying. But um, I think the funniest one that I can think of that was like the most memorable was one of the lockdowns here, they started making you have a negative coronavirus test that day to go into a store. So they had a tent out in like the plaza to go get this test. So you could go shopping. I didn't know that. Like, I thought you could just go into the store with a mask. So I walk into the store ready to make a return. And I'm like, do do And they're like, where's your test? But saying this in German. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God, they think I stole something. So I'm like, no, I have my receipt. Like, look, I have, and they're like, no test, da, da, da. And I'm like, I didn't steal it. Like, it, I thought I was about to be like arrested because of this whole mishap. And then finally they paid someone that could speak English and they were like, oh, you actually need a negative test to be in here. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that because obviously I can't read anything. So I don't, I can't read the signs. So yeah. now it's become like, a joke where I just like take pictures of the signs and send it to my boyfriend. I'm like, what does this say? Because I don't want to get like arrested or kicked out of the store because I feel like H&M like almost like had me arrested because I didn't have my negative test. So it is definitely because been an you adjustment. Stole something, but because you didn't have your test with you. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's been a journey. And I will say too, like, sometimes it's fun to challenge myself to go out and try to order and just be like, okay, like I am learning something new. But then there's other times where it is like very vulnerable and I kind of feel silly, like, right? Like I feel like a little kid that like needs a parent to go out with them yeah. to the playground. So that does kind of unmotivate me to go out sometimes. I'm like, I would love to go get gelato and go order something, but like, I don't want to do it by myself. And if Nick is doing something, my partner, I'm like, okay, I guess I can't do it. And so I felt like I haven't had as many opportunities as I want to go explore because of the language barrier. Oh, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, like language barriers, it's, um, it's definitely like something, um, like something else. <laughs> yes. Um, really because like I, 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 like I spoke in English from a very early age, but obviously my first language is Spanish. So even like moving here, even though I knew the language, there are like some words that I don't know, like slang words or right. words that they say that are just like they, they only use here and like no one else like knows what they mean. Exactly. So, it's very interesting. <laughs> but now that we're talking about mishaps, um, you mentioned that your mom is from Puerto Rico. And I feel that Puerto Ricans like speak in a very, very particular way. Um, I think they're probably the ones that invented Spanglish. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, what was it like growing up in a household where one of your parents like spoke Spanish and like, is your dad, um, is, is your dad's like um, language, like uh, English this first language or like, how did that work? Yeah, my dad's first language is English. And then, like you said, my mom was born and raised in Puerto Rico and moved to the States when she was like 20, in her early 20s. But of course, they learned English really early on because they're just so the uh, uh, U.S. territory. So everybody there does speak English. So she went to an American college, met my dad, got married. And the funniest thing, though, was like she never taught us Spanish because she said when she started to teach us, we were like, we don't want to learn. Like, we don't need to learn. Why would we need to learn? And so she's like, I don't know why I didn't just like force you guys to learn Spanish <laughs> because I'm literally a native language and native speaker. And so I took Spanish classes through high school. But I remember thinking like, my mom is Spanish. Like, why am I not learning from my mom? So 
funny enough, my mom's Spanish, but I don't speak the full language. Like I can understand it and I could definitely like make my way around. But I would say growing up in that household, what was interesting, like you said, the whole Spanglish thing, I actually feel like I learned grammar wrong because my mom <laughs> would like say things wrong and then I would say things wrong. But it's also interesting because then I'm really good at spelling. So the one thing I noticed one time in college, like I wrote this paper and the guy was like, okay, the story is really good, but your grammar is so <laughs> off. Like it doesn't make sense where you put the verb and the object and all these things. And I was like, I wonder where that could be from. I'm like, I think it's because of my mom, like how I learned from her. <laughs> Because I was thinking about why that would be. And it's because my dad was always traveling for work. So my mom really uh -oh. raised us during all of our elementary and teenage years. So I'm like, yeah, I kind of did learn Spanglish. And yeah. then there is like different, um, I don't know if you call it versions of Spanish, but like I was learning Spanish from a Mexican teacher in my high school. My mom's Puerto Rican. Then I studied abroad in Spain, in Valencia. And then I was like, coming back and people would say like, that's not the way you say it, or you say a different word. I'm like, wow, I didn't know I was learning like three different versions of Spanish. <laughs> so yeah, I do think growing up, it affected my grammar. And now I'm like, it was re really interesting when I was learning German, because I noticed myself start to like pick up, like speak back sometimes in Spanish. And I was like, what is coming up? It's like my, un my subconscious was like, wait you're learning new language like Spanish and like the, even the teacher would be like that's a Spanish word that's not a German word I'm like <laughs> I don't know how people even know learn more than one language let alone two languages and are like trilingual like that's bizarre to me <laughs> did your mom like ever um spoke Spanish like speak Spanish to you and your siblings she said or? she yeah she said she tried when we were younger but we were just so resistant to like learning and comprehending that she just kind of gave up and she's like it's kind of the same thing at, like now when you if you don't have to learn language and speak it in the country, you're kind of like, okay, I guess there's no point. So yeah. I think she kind of just gave up because she's like, well, they're not going to speak it in Florida. But then, like I said, now that we're older, she's like, I really wish I would have taught you guys because obviously <laughs> it helps in so many situations. And I will say I did end up learning a lot of Spanish when I studied abroad in Spain because I was so immersed in it. Yeah. So I think the same thing with Germany. Like, I think eventually I'll be able to speak a little German, but yeah, I, I don't think people give a lot of credit to people that have to learn another language in a, in a foreign country. It's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty crazy. Um, I found it interesting that you said that your mom like didn't want you like, like gave up on like teaching you um, Spanish because like Florida is a very, it's like a very, what's the word like Spanish um, speaking, like like the Spanish speaking population is like very dominant. Like yeah. there are places that you go, like Miami is probably my favorite place in the, in the world. Right. <laughs> um, and that is because there, there are so many like Spanish communities and like the Venezuelan communities, like it's huge. And everywhere you go, like you can speak Spanish, like no problem. Like, yeah, I know. It's so interesting. And I think it's because of where we grew up. It was like a very, very tiny, small beach town that there like wasn't a big Hispanic community. And so I think that's why. But it's funny you say that because my Spanish cousin was just in Miami the other day on Facebook and he uploaded a Facebook status. He's like, wow, I forgot how much I love Miami. It's like basically being home, like everybody yeah. speaks Spanish. And I was like, yeah, it's I think it's Florida is such a huge state that there is a really big Hispanic population. And then if you like keep going up north, it almost just turns like southern. Like then it's like very country 
country yeah. accents like what up y'all hey welcome to the south <laughs> and then you go down south and it's all hispanic so i'm like it's so funny like it's i was right in the middle. yeah i was in central florida so i think that's why and i think because it's not even a language you learn in elementary school like they don't really push that so she was kind of like she was working and raising four kids so she's probably like if they're not learning in elementary school like why am i going to teach it <laughs> just gave up <laughs> now i want to move on to business so you're a mindset and manifestation coach um do you think you can manifest in any language <laughs> oh my gosh i like i would i think so yeah i i thought you said for a second do you think i could like manifest learning a language i'm like i hope <laughs> Well, can you? You probably can. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Like, I, I always say this. I'm like, manifestation is a thought, taking action on the thought and bringing it to reality. So like, my thought is that I can learn German. The action is like taking the time to actually practice and go to lessons. And then the manifestation is speaking German. Oh, oh, that's actually super, super interesting. So now that we're on that, um, what got you into spirituality and mindset manifestation? And do you think that it's like, that is like one size fits all? Yeah, I think with mindset manifestation, I really got into it probably five years ago when I was just going through a really hard period at work. I was and just in personal life, like I was dating really awful guys. I had like really low self-esteem. I was getting way too drunk on the weekends, drinking way too much, eating like shit, like everything just felt like empty and bad. And I was like, I need to get out of this funk. And so I went to a therapist and that therapist totally changed my mind on like, my thoughts are not my facts. And like, I am not my thoughts. And I, I thought I found that so fascinating. I was like, wait, I'm not my thoughts. Like they're part of me. What do you mean? And so we would go every week. I went for a year and I learned about so many different resources and books. And so I started really understanding like how to reframe and journal and do all these different exercises that eventually opened up the conversation to self-development within mindset and manifestation. And it was kind of like, you just open the door and then there's like a whole world behind it. It's like, then I found podcasts and I found books and I found shows <laughs> and then I just went down the realm. So yeah, that's how I got interested in it. And then regarding if I think it's one size fits all, like definitely not. I think what I have trouble with right now is there's a lot of ways that I feel like you can manifest and people try to teach it in one way. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me because it's with everything. It's like, there's a million ways to make eggs. There's a million species in nature. There's a million ways that you could travel from point A to point B. So why all of a sudden would spirituality and manifestation be like one way to do it? So I don't think it's one size fits all. Yeah. I, I feel that I've been seeing that a lot in the, in the coaching like spiritual like coaches space like this is the way to do it you have to have like a 17 step morning routine and then like you have to fit that 17 things that you have to do in like half an hour and yes. somehow like start your day stay hydrated and you know like that meme <laughs> yeah exactly like, stay hydrated check social media and like do all the things like exactly no and I totally agree with you that it's something that um that it's uh it's not one size fits all like it can work for some people but for others like it cannot so I find yeah I think really it's interesting <laughs> and I think the thing is like some people what I'm noticing is the word manifestation people immediately hear that and it's like it's not a common word we use in everyday language so people start thinking oh it's like magic or it's like uh, it's something I don't have access to 
And so then they realize like, oh my gosh, I, I know I, my first manifestation or I just manifested this. And I'm like, you actually manifest all the time. Like I would encourage everybody right now to pause this, get out their phones and Google the word manifestation. It literally means to bring something in your mind to reality. So like you setting up this podcast, you had the thought to have me on, you reached out because you had that thought and now we're taking action and you this became a reality. Like that this is a manifestation. And I think because people hear the word manifestation, they start associating it with like big, big things like a new car, a new mansion, a new dog. And I'm like, I'm, you manifest every second of the day, like manifesting breakfast, manifesting, getting the laundry done. But because again, the word feels so charged. I think that's why people start to think, oh, it has to fit in this certain routine or this certain formula where I just don't agree. Like, I think if people realize that you can literally you're always manifesting, then you would take it off the pedestal that has been put on. Oh, that's so interesting. (laughs) Um, And what's your favorite part about um, manifestation or manifesting anything? (laughs) I think my favorite part is like just proving to myself that I'm like capable and worthy of whatever I'm thinking about. And like, and the faith that I have, I think that's my favorite part is like, I do trust that things will come even if I can't see it. And being able to move forward with something without being able to like fully see the end product, I think is my favorite part because it shows like when you have faith and you really believe it and see it in your mind's eye, it will come to fruition. So that's why it does start to feel like magic because you're like, oh my God, like I didn't see it and here it is. And that's how we've been presented with magic. So yeah, I think that is my favorite part. I feel that often you forget the like taking action part because it can like, because people like the way that people put it is thoughts come into reality, but they never, they never right. touch on like the middle part that is the action, the action. So <laughs> yes, thank you and for bringing this up. Important part. Yes. And I'm like, it pisses me off when people put these graphics up that are like, sit and think and the universe will deliver. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you cannot just sit on your couch and think about something. And then all of a sudden, like a million dollars is going to fall into your lap. And I think the this is where like, I think the lottery screwed us over because you could just like enter in a ticket and then win a million dollars. So people start thinking like manifestation is the lottery manifestation is a game show. And I'm like, no, you can manifest anything if you take action and believe in it. And of course there's a bunch of other nuances to this, but yeah, the action piece is like, if there's anything that anybody could take from manifestation it is like, you do need to take action. And is that how you help your your clients to like gain clarity on how to take action or like how can exactly like my listeners can, can they work with you if they want? Yeah, absolutely. I think what I'm realizing again is like the word manifestation just gets so misconstrued that that's what I try to help clients understand is like, you already have the power and you're already manifesting all the time. So now let's just learn how to like harness in that power and find clarity and make that action plan that you're talking about. Because I think that's where people get tripped up. Like they have, let's use business. For example, people want to start a business and they want to be a, you know, six figure business owner, but then they're like, how do I do it? I have no idea how to do that. I, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's think about it. Like, what's the big goal. And then how can we take action 
to make that a reality and really get clear on what you want to do. So that's how I work with my clients. I do a lot of different things right now because I'm, I love like experimenting and trying (laughs) a lot of things. So right now I do have like one-on-one mentorship with clients where it's usually dealing with like a life transition or starting a business or like something big that they want to work through. And then I also have podcast coaching, which as you know, podcasting is so fun and I've had my podcast for four years. And so now that's something that I'm working on with clients is podcast coaching. And it's like, if you want to think of that as a manifestation too, it's like, yes, you can manifest your podcast by taking action. (laughs) Well, here I am. (laughs) Exactly. You manifested it. Um, So podcast coaching and one-on-one coaching is the ways that people can work with you right now. Yes. I always have like group programs popping up here and there Uh, over the summer. I think I'm going to take a little break on group programs, but I do have one coming up that's called spirituality for messy people, but it starts pretty soon. So I don't know if if your listeners will be able to get inside of it. But um, like I said, if if they keep in touch and like follow along, you'll see I'm always doing like little pop up offers here and there. I will definitely be leaving all of the links and everything where you can find Chelsea on the show notes. So um, stay tuned for that. And um, I just want to wrap it up. And I want to know where are you traveling next when the when you have a visa and when the restrictions um, lift and <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, it's travel so funny. Again. Where, what's your next step traveling? I, it's so funny you say this because speaking of manifestation, I just made a vision board and my entire phone background is places I want to travel. It's all like in Europe. So I would say the place I want to go is Spain or Italy, but I think realistically I'll actually end up in Copenhagen because one of my best friends lives there and it's a two hour ferry ride from where I live, which is crazy. So I was like, I think I'm just going to hop on a ferry for like 25 euros and go visit my friend in Copenhagen. So that's the realistic one, but the dream one is definitely like an Italy tour. Oh, jealous. I've never been to Europe. So like, it's definitely oh. on my list. <laughs> yeah. Come through on things my are open. for a while. <laughs> yeah. When things are open, come visit. Like I will be a tour guide hopefully by then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, where can we find you? You can find me at Chelsea Rife. That's my Instagram handle. That's my website too, chelsearife.com. My podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. And that's where I discuss mindset, manifestation, um, entrepreneurship, and travel and getting really into spirituality lately. So that's also on the pod. And then my podcast Instagram is at non-expert opinion pod. And if you want to work with me or anything, I'm always on Instagram. So just DM me or head to my website and you can see all the ways we can work together. Yes, definitely work with her. Um, oh. I have taken one of her courses before and it's life changing. I love it. Oh, so thank, you. thank you so much. I'm so glad you took it. That was like a really fun course. I love that course. It was, I think it was one of your first course, wasn't it? Yeah, it was my first one. Like <laughs> crazy. It was almost a year ago when you, it's so crazy. Like look back I in time. Know. I know it's so crazy. And here well, we are. Thank you so much for joining thank you. me. It was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> that was it for today's episode thank you so much for listening to the spanglish show and if you're enjoying these conversations make sure to leave a comment or a review so until next time